out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Hello and welcome. This is The C86 Show. I'm David Eastall and I'm going to be with you for the next 30 minutes. As you know, we're always playing the finest in indie pop, or trying to. Um, But we also love a special guest. This week it's all the way from Greece because I spoke to one of the members of the band, Kiss-O-Matic Love Bubbles. Yes, I know, the finest band coming out of Greece. Because I spoke to the member... Basilius Hugalis to find out more about life, love, poetry and all that other kind of groovy stuff. Anyway, after a lot of chat, because uh, this is an interview in March time, so we were talking obviously about various interesting things, pandemics being the top of our list. Apparently he was in isolation. We got down to that interesting subject that was the early years of one's musical life and this was Basilius's response. It's over to you. Save this interview, please. I mean, the beginning of eight is when we're teenagers, as you said, and just imagine that there isn't any internet back then, just uh, some uh, radio shows. I mean, I remember that you have uh, one radio producer called Christos Kalopoulos, like uh, the Greek John Peel, let's say. So we're all uh, listening to his shows and try to learn new bands and new music. Uh, So in the first half of the eight is here in Greece, what happened... uh, uh, really, back then, uh, we had a lot of punk bands with Greek, <laughs> let's say, with Greek words. We had a lot of uh, garage punk bands uh, in the first uh, half of the 80s. Uh, a lot of new wave bands, let's yes. say. So uh, the indie pop thing started uh, after 86. So this is the, re- the, the year zero for us, I think. Yeah. So, so after yes, yes. I was going to say so. So your sort of formative years, because I'm, you know, without giving too much away, I'm sort of in my. I was born in my the mid '60s, so I'm now in my mid '50s. So for me, the the kind of the formative period was probably the well, it was the '70s, and I can remember the very excitement of the early '70s mm. here in. I suppose people like Al Cooper mm. doing schools out, and then you had the glam bands like Sweet and Mud. No, not mud. Um, sweet and Gary Glitter. I have to confess, um, he was a big, he was a big influence. And then you had, you know, then my first love, I suppose, was David Bowie because it was watching and seeing Space Oddity that I went and bought the first single, which was such a relief. Um, and then my first album was Changes. And then, but I was always kind of, I suppose, listening to music that had slightly already happened. Whereas the eighties, the indie years, was when I was kind of probably almost kind of with the times. So what were you, what was your kind of first records and, and first gigs that you went to? Well, yes, the first records, first gigs, I think that what I liked back then was punk music. <laughs> After the punk explosion, say, the beginning of the 80s, you know, everything came here in Greece a little bit later with some delay, uh, some delay because as I told you before, we didn't have uh, uh, the way to get things before so yeah my best my first uh, record they say i remember it was uh, sex pistols i say yeah this kind of punch uh but then uh, going up i remember that i also like nick cave and the bad seeds the very first records they say back then uh i also like some bands like uh, joy division of course and uh, 
but I was really young back then, so usually I learn music from older people, and uh, they shared it with me, and that was that's all. We exchanged cassettes, we exchanged these kind of things. Uh, I can say that uh, everything started after the mid eighties. Yes. Uh, when uh, I was older, when I was older, and uh, I had my own way then to uh, find uh, music I want to listen. So what happened back then is that uh, the indie pop thing started here in Athens. Uh, there were some fanzines. There were some uh, places, one two bars or clubs playing only uh, independent music. Uh, there were some bands, not uh, too many though, but uh, there were three four bands like One and Susan and Next and Passions, for example. Uh, and uh, this is how it went until the end of the 80s. We went to music uh, concerts, we went to clubs. Uh, we, of course, all fell in love with the C86 scene and all those bands like McCarthy and Wedding President and uh, Talula Ghost and all those kind of things. Uh, there was creation, of course, Sarah Records. Yes. It was a Manchester thing. Yeah, there were some interesting bands back then, like, let's say, the Spiral Carpets. I love them back then, because they had this uh, garage uh, spirit, uh, especially in the first releases. Uh, and then at the end of the 80s, uh, there was a label started in Greece, the first indie pop label, the first pure indie pop label, let's say, called uh, This Happy Feeling. Uh, they had uh, four releases, four seven-inch releases, by bands like One and Susan, Next and Passions, The Kruna, I don't know if you have heard about them. No, happy, no, I haven't. Not really. And uh, yes, this is when we released our first and only single in that period. The fourth single of this label was uh, our first single, Endless and Only Last. It was in 1992. Yes, because, um, in, you know, it's interesting because um, I, I suppose looking at the, 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 the sort of music of the 80s, I mean, simplistically, you, you had that punk period and then you had the kind of post-punk period with people like, you know, I suppose um, Peel and you had the Gang of Four and Magazine. But, and, then, and then there was that sort of mm-hmm. crossover where you had that slightly where things started to veer off to that electronic world and also slightly new romantic. So you, you had some bands like, um, I suppose, mm-hmm. Depeche Mode and Soft Cell that kind of got lumped into bands like Duran Duran and Spandau Ballet. But then kind of I, I, always, mm-hmm. put, I always put indie pop, that classic indie pop between the years of 83 to 87 because that, that was also the years of the Smiths. So, you know, that's that's kind of makes it easy. Mm-hmm. But then that's, uh, things changed after 87 because I think a lot of those bands had got fed up and had broken up by then. And then you had the kind of ecstasy world and that kind of dance scene with the Soup Dragons, the Happy Mondays. <laughs> and uh, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. Prim- Primal Scream as well. So that was that kind of took the music and, and the media, you know, the music papers really wanted to sort of get on to the next trip, really. And to, to, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm using the word trip there. But, um, you know, the, the next gig, I suppose, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, so those like indie bands got slightly forgotten because suddenly, you know, everyone wanted to sort of dance and take drugs, really. And then you had, you know, the Seattle scene that came along with, you know, the bands mm-hmm. like, like the Buttholes and then Nirvana. And then, you know, then after that, yes, you, had, you yes. had the Britpop period. So so were you sort of aware? God, that was a very long sentence. Were you kind of aware of that kind of John Peel C86? You did say that you do, you were, but like the NME and all, and what was happening in the UK, you know, a bit of the USA and also Australia and a bit of New Zealand. You know, was that all kind of filtering into, you know, Athens, Greece? 
Uh, yes, I've said before, yeah, there was some uh, radio shows playing all this kind of music and we're all really concentrated. You don't mean any single minute of those uh, uh, shows because uh, all this kind of music you said before, uh, even uh, flying on for New Zealand and those bands like the Bats or Street Jacket Fits or where the Chills, uh, whose creation records, Sarah records, uh, uh, there was a really big scene in, Scot- in Scotland. All these bands like the Pastels and Vaselines and those kind of bands. Yes, we're really familiar uh, with those bands here in Greece. Uh, there was uh, not that big audience, but uh, a big enough audience, let's say. So this is uh, why you can find a lot of people here in Greece uh, interested in what we can say the pure uh, independent form music. Of course, there were a lot of fans of uh, other kind of music, like Grants, as you said. So, yeah, Nirvana or those kind of bands like... Uh, uh, let's say Dinosaur Jr., for example, they're not really grants, but let's say that they are grants. Uh, they had also very a lot of fans here in Greece. Yeah. And of course, yes, this, the, dance, the dance thing in Manchester then affected everyone. And I don't think uh, it was that, uh, let's say, enormous like in Manchester and what happened there with all those, uh, uh, with this scene, uh, with the Hacienda Club and those kind of things. But they all try to uh, get in touch and buy records and... Uh, uh, don't miss any information, let's say. Yes. Yeah. I remember I have a lot of records of the period, uh, set of time. Yes. And did you, I mean, Kissomatic Love Bubbles, which is a great name, John, <laughs> John Peel would have loved it. Did that, you formed in uh, 1993, did that come together quite quickly? Did, did the members of the band um, all decide, yeah, did you all sort of say, we are, we are the band and start to sort of become on a mission to uh, do it? Yes, we were really young then, back then. We were all at uh, students at the, uh, several universities here around Athens. We were friends. We were going to the same places. Uh, and this is uh, what I said before, when uh, this uh, indie pop thing with a bunch of labels and fans it started here in Greece. So we decided to form a band, that's all. Uh, we were five friends. We made this band. And we just make our fun and making friends and play some gigs uh, and it was really, it was a really good period of time. Uh, it seems that everything back then was really pure. Uh, I have to say that, that the name of the band uh, is from a Strawberry Story song. I don't know if you know this band, Strawberry Story. I think they are from Nottingham. Oh. They have some releases in uh, in Sunday Records. Right. You know, so that's so with fat with fat tulips. Okay. This kind of bands. Yeah, they had a song called Kisamatic Love Bubble. This is where we take our name from. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the band called again? Did you say... Strawberry what? Strawberry. Strawberry Strawberry. Oh, I have to check that yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, yeah. Check that. Uh, I will. I'm making a note. Look, so then your first single came out, which was Only Lust and Endless. So did that... And that was on a... Yeah. on a Was that on your own record label, by the way? I have no idea. It, no, it was another label. The first, let's say, pure indie pop label in Greece called This Happy Feeling. Uh, members of some other bands had this label back then. Uh, and of course, as we're, uh, let's say, a big uh, company, uh, they answer, they asked us to uh, make a scene for them. And of course, uh, we did it back then. Yes, absolutely. They didn't. So there was some, um, and were you, I mean, because with a lot of people I've interviewed, they often have problems, you know, with getting the sound right and getting a, a proper, not a proper, but a producer that that kind of understands them. And I just wondered how this this kind of happened with you and what it was like 
in Greece because, you know, what was the general sort of music scene like? Well, you mean about how we recorded the single? Yeah, I just wondered, you know, because cause a lot of yeah. bands often yeah, yeah. have struggles with, you know, the producer and they haven't quite got the sound they wanted. Yeah, and... for, 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 we were lucky because our drummer has a friend uh, who's a producer in the studio in a, one of the good studios in Athens. So we went there after midnight <laughs> for free and we recorded two songs. How this how it worked. Well, that was uh, that quick. You just did it in, in one take. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, but I think we went, uh, we went two, three times there. Uh, okay. Uh, from the back road, from the back door, after midnight. <laughs> Excellent. No, oh, that's good. It yes. was for free <laughs> because uh, he was I, a friend there. I can't remember. Show, the, uh, so. I, I'd have to have to, a big thing. But there was another person I spoke to who, oh, God, they did have one big single. And they still are slightly going. But he said that um, they were based in Essex and they used to rec- rehearse at a place called the square in harlow and um and they were allowed to rehearse during the night basically if they if they if they wanted <laughs> if they wanted to they had the keys and they could go into a place and rehearse you know from midnight or i don't know 11 <laughs> o'clock until seven in the morning and that that was like well it was free so they did it and that was the way they did it god it'll come to me at the end so then what happens to the band after your first single and obviously you had some dates around the place did anything you know how did that develop and and what was the next part of the journey well, uh, we never had in mind that we have, we have we will have this band for forever. Let's say, uh, you know, here in Greece, uh, the things are also a little bit strange because after the universities, we all have to go to the army for around one and a half year. So the band lasted for around three years until 1995. This is when we started. Uh, the first one left for the army, then the second one. Uh, but, but but until then, we played a lot of gigs. Uh, we made a lot of friends who had this release. We also had some other releases. Uh, had, we had a song called Tota Hangova in a self-life records compilation called Picnic Basket. But yeah. then we also had uh, some other song uh, released in tapes uh, through fanzines, in a French fanzine, uh, in a magazine here in Greece. Uh, uh, and it lasted around three years. It was uh, brilliant, I can say. And we all have really good time. We made a lot of friends, and we still we are friends with a lot of people from this period of time. Uh, but then we have to follow our life, let's say. Go to yes. the army, then come back, get a job. Some of us married, some of us have kids, some not. Some were divorced, some not. So, you know, it's uh, life as usual. Let's say. It's life. Yes, well, you know, this happens with a lot of those bands, because most, a lot of bands I have done, interviewed, you know, that you know appeared on the John Peel show. They had sessions. They were on the front of the Melody Maker or the Enemy. You know, and they played lots of gigs around mm-hmm. the UK, even America and Europe. You know, at the end of it, there was a prop. There was often a problem. A, they had no. They didn't make any money. And the other problem is, um, they all started to hate each other, which is a bit tricky. So, um, that, that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> so that's the kind of the classic five year period for a lot of the bands. But with you, it sounds more like you, you know life just got in the way and you just needed to move on be- before you had those kind of heady heights. Yes, because we never thought uh, of uh, having the band forever. Uh, some of uh, our, uh, some of the members of the band uh, played with other bands afterwards. I remember Costa, our drummer, uh, played with a band called uh, Doctor Botticini, and they played Bossa Nova and uh, other kind of music, <laughs> completely different. Uh, George uh, started another band called uh, uh, Let Me Remember. I don't remember now. Anyway, he started another band. 
for one two years. Uh, Lucky Shark guitarist started his own band, but they all disappeared after two three years. So it was just back then. Yeah, and then what happens? Because because I have to say. I'm very sketchy, mm-hmm. sketchy on all this, but you've have you now got a label and you can tell me more about it? Old, old, yes, yeah, yeah. old bad habits. And is that part of uh, Kissomatic Love Bubbles? And and is the band still going? I just kind of was kind of curious what what okay. the narrative is. Well, <laughs> well, there were some attempts in the past to reform the band, uh, and at least we did it uh, at the end of 2017. After 25 years, 22, 23 years. Uh, and the good thing is uh, that we all love this idea uh, at this period of time. And four out of five of the original members uh, uh, participating uh, in this uh, band formation. Uh, so we started in 2017, we played our first gig, our reunion gig, let's say, uh, Christmas 2017. Uh, then, uh, as we were in touch all this year, we other people from bands, uh, of course, uh, important bands from, uh, especially from UK, like uh, the Groove Farm. I guess you should know them. Yes, I, yes. From the C86 period. So, so this is when organized with them, uh, Geek Here in Athens, uh, something like uh, an Athens Bristol mini pop festival, let's say. So there were two Athenian bands, us, uh, and. Uh, so, Jimmy knows and uh, oh, I'm yes? sorry, sorry, I interrupted there. But the the Bristol thing, um, without yes, you know, I'm going to mention the flatmates and um, Heavenly Records, and, mm-hmm. you, and you were sort of aware of that, and the brilliant corners. I've noticed that as well appearing on your sort of yes, yes. So, so you were sort of uh, so so you've managed uh, not only to to reform but to play live and also to sort of connect up with the original source of the indie pop world. Yes, of course. And when they grew farmer up here in Greece, uh, we become really close friends, and uh, it was really it's attractive for me that uh, people at the mid uh, at your age, let's say, at the mid. Uh, uh, 50s, they have still the bands, uh, they have their labels uh, like Raving Pop Last or uh, Breaking Down Recordings, and they're all brilliant people who become close friends. And uh, this is when I had the idea of making, starting a label here in Greece. And you know, all those people of Wolfarm played in other bands that are active now, like the Flatmates, Roca, Roca yeah. is playing in uh, Flatmates, Josh plays in Arrestal Litipa, yes. uh, John uh, and Tim Rippington. Alos members of Aristotle uh, Tipa. Uh, Arthur Andrew Jarrett has the total rejection. Uh, a Gara Psych band, <laughs> let's say, they are really fabulous and I love them. So, this is when the idea came to release, uh, to make a label. And uh, my initial idea is to release only seven each singles. This is what I love always and uh, what uh, wasn't uh, really familiar at this period of time. So. It started, we released the first single with two of our Lorde songs, uh, with the participation of uh, an electronic duo from uh, Bristol, the 12 Hour Foundation. So there's a different version of Endless and another song of this period of time. And then we started uh, to release records for mostly UK bands like uh, Alice Chalitipa. Uh, we also had the seven single of Jarhead, of uh, the television personalities and Shell Maps. His new project. Oh, yes. Uh, 
Yeah, Wolves have a flatmate single. Now they released their new LP, their first LP, our singles included in it. And there's more to come, but uh, now because of these uh, strange times uh, we are through, there might be some delays. But uh, the thing has been started and uh, uh, we love it. it. It's going really well. Uh, sells, uh, we sell records, mostly out of Greece though. <laughs> this is the problem maybe because uh, we don't, didn't find uh, a support we expected from Greece. But yeah. uh, from abroad, yeah, we are really satisfied. Excellent, excellent. And so look, just lastly, I mean, I mean, obviously, it's been a, a, a career kind of in music, we, you know, even if it had to be sort of put to one side, a bit like the bread maker. Um, but he brought it out and you've got it. And what would you kind of say to a, a younger self who, you know, might have been starting out in that interesting and sometimes murky world that is rock and pop and indie? I just wondered if there was something that you thought, yes, that would have been a really good thing to have uh, had on the radar the good things uh, is that uh, there are really important new bands. Yeah, there are uh, young people playing great music. I mean, in all around the world now. I mean, there are great bands in Korea, for example, like uh, Say Sumi or Stars on Fire. They, were, they have also released a seven-inch single for us. Uh, there are also great bands in Greece who have one new band called Jimmy Knows, uh, and we're going to make a single for them too, and they're fabulous. Yes, we like to support uh, new musicians, young musicians, even though we're, uh, let's say, a little bit old school <laughs> way of uh, thinking and <laughs> uh, living, probably. Uh, but yes, there can be a connection between the older and the new. Yes. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Nice this is uh, something good that can happen, I say, yeah. Well, uh, look, this has been fantastic. Um, well, I'm just so pleased that you said yes to an interview, which is always good. And uh, when I put it out, I'll send you a link, and then you can link it into your, your page, your sort of... Uh, uh, yeah, of course, of course. The, 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 so ...on social media, and uh, it will go out into the big wide world. But look, look, let's hope one day we'll be mm. reminiscing about this very weird period in our life. And... Uh, smiling mm -hmm. that's all good look take care and uh how many days do you have locked up not you know not locked up but um kind of shut yeah, i'm uh i'm in home around two weeks now because we're working remotely we're working remotely from home yeah. hopefully we can do it because of my kind of job uh the kids are also you know, locked here and they're having web-based let's say lessons so hopefully with hoping that uh, all people, all countries around the world uh, will overcome this uh, strange period and we are expecting to get uh, our life back and <laughs> have everything uh, work normally as before. Uh, well, I'd like to thank you for your invitation and this interview. Uh, it was really an honor for me and uh, for us here in Greece. And that was my interview with Vasilius Hugalis from the Kissomatic Love Bubbles. Thank you ever so much for listening and a huge thank you to Vasilius for that interview. Um, much appreciated. Uh, if you want to contact me, you can on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just do at C86show. Always nice to hear from you. Anyway, this has been David Esau, the C86show. Take care. Speak soon. <laughs>